For many months now, in my capacity as member of the curatorial team for the upcoming Venice Architecture Biennale, How Will We Live Together, I've been working independently from my little apartment in New York. And while I had been accustomed to making monthly or bi-monthly, now antiquated trips to Cambridge, Massachusetts to convene with the rest of the team who are all based there, not much else has changed structurally for me in light of current events. That is not to say, however, that the pandemic has not been completely disruptive to the routine that I worked very hard to establish as a total newbie to the work from home force in order not to go mad and keep healthy boundaries between the different areas of my life, quite literally. Where do I set up work? Where do I, when do I start? When do I stop? What do I wear? How do I keep or create uh, some kind of live interactions with other humans during work hours when I'm alone at home? A lot of the questions that I think many of us are asking ourselves now uh, and that I thought I was on top of at this point, but I funnily enough find myself asking again. Right now, honestly, it feels like hours, days and weeks have melted into one kind of viscous blob without much definition, sluggishly moving from the kitchen to the table to the desk to the living room. And I also find myself spending an unholy amount of time in bed, even to work, um, which is something uh, that I had banned myself originally from uh, doing before all of this started. And I've been inescapably um, staring at the big one and a half by over three meters tall drawing that I've produced a few years ago for my research about the Mediterranean Sea as a space for political and ecological resistance. Actually, a lot of what is going on today with the coronavirus pandemic is making me think back to that research, especially in how it calls on creative narratives to kind of conjure up new political imaginations and think through the complex realities we are facing. Everywhere on the news uh, these days, we are hearing politicians and public officials declare a war on this virus and invoke military language to mobilize people and industries to kind of do their part. Um, here, Trump even has gone as far as dubbing himself a wartime president. Um, Borders have been shut, asylum-seeking processes halted, and while Europe, for example, had been um, making its external borders impermeable uh, to incomers for decades, uh, Schengen states are now quickly following suit with their internal borders too. But does this fortification of walls stop the waves of migration during this time? Will it prevent the pandemic from reaching them? Of course not. Uh, what it does guarantee, however, is a greater marginalization of populations who are already at risk. A greater number of people trying to kind of sliver through via unofficial and even more precarious channels and a greater number of people dying at the gates. Um, and this attitude of each country fending for themselves goes against the very nature of the struggle we are facing today, uh, which is global by definition. What nation states need to understand is that if someone gets sick in a detention center in Greece or in a slum in Nairobi or in the comfort of their own home in Venice even, it is all equally a part of the equation that they have to be uh, dealing with and that they have to treat as their own. Um, and so instead of this kind of isolationism, what we need to practice right now, in my opinion, is better 
truly international solidarity and collaboration among different communities around the world. Um, the adoption of a changed attitude of sorts. And a lot of this call for a shift in how we do things as humans has been present in the past years in environmental as well as creative discourse. Um, in the initial stages of my research, in, actually, into migrant uh, migrants who are abandoned and left to die in the Mediterranean and the overpopulation of jellyfish within the same basin, I had set out to imagine some kind of weaponization of these two phenomena that would work to obstruct and disrupt the mechanics and sites of global capitalism. Now, I know I don't have really uh, the time to get too much into this but you know if you think about um, intentional jellyfish blooms that would clog up the the cooling pipes of nuclear power plants or you know take over beach resorts for example and interrupt the accumulation of capital that's the kind of weaponization that I was originally thinking about but I quickly quickly kind of drifted away from this framework in favor of an interspecies alliance since weapons and wars are singular events. And what I w was looking for was to kind of present a more holistic and long-term understanding of the Mediterranean Sea as a space of resistance. If we continue trying to mobilize people and highlight the sense of urgency by using the war metaphor, then we are not setting ourselves up for the aftermath of the situation. We are not really preparing to build resilient communities. What we need is a different metaphor. In fact, I think what we need is not a metaphor at all. We need different ways of telling the story, of narrating the facts, because the facts are that we are not at war. The coronavirus is not a conscious creature that has been strategizing in order to stage a takeover. Other forms of life or non-life that don't necessarily serve our purposes are not our enemies. We have just tipped the scale in the ways we have chosen to exist on this planet. We just need to set ourselves up for better equilibria, better alliances, better interrelations among ourselves and between us and the environment. And we need to enact better multi-species worlding, I think.